0: Day for a ball game here at historic Melnick Field. The uh, wind's out of northeast at 12 miles per hour. It's a crisp autumn day, overcast, but no rain in the forecast. Thus far, we've seen what can only be called a pitcher's duel between the Caro Durham Mustangs and the Binghamton Sparkly Narwhals. I know that Sparkly Narwhals fans are out in droves today. Droves. But these bullpens, the bullpens here are a bit shaky, and just to make sure there's some scoring, we provided the bullpens with a case of teal each. So they should be good and drunk. We'll get some scoring here. Representing the Sparkling Narwhals, we have Sarah Della Vidalano. And representing the, the, uh, the Mustangs, we have Connor Quinn. But maybe these two guys would be more comfortable if we introduced them in a different way. Let's meet today's contestants. From Lanham, Maryland, a self-proclaimed trivia junkie and middle school music teacher with winnings. Well, when I put the numbers in my calculator, it went to scientific notation. We have Sarah Della And from Albany, New York, a high school world history teacher and competitive Dutch canal jumper. With cash winnings that are undisclosed, but would impress even Mark Zuckerberg. And he probably actually knows what they are. We have Connor Quinn. How are you guys doing, you two?
1: Hey, doing great.
2: Yeah,
0: doing great.
1: Uh, Also with us today is uh, your trivia host, the five-minute professor. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't have quite as much of a storied background uh, as our contestants today. However, you can find out more about the 5-Minute Professor if you go to Facebook at 5-Minute Professor or YouTube at 5-Minute Professor, where I have over 200 videos on a wide variety of subjects, several of them interesting. If you cannot spell professor, I am actively hiding from you. I'm excited to have uh, both Connor and Sarah with us today. Uh, You folks have, if you could not, uh, if you could not tell from the introduction, both of our contestants played against each other on Jeopardy!, and my understanding is that one of you won and one of you did not. Is that a fair assessment of the situation?
3: No, we actually both lost. Okay, well, that's good enough.
0: <laughs> they, 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 they did win on previous days to get into a championship game. So it's, it's not like, it's not like yeah, they're
2: – We didn't lose right away. Okay, no.
1: That's good. <laughs> you,
2: you put it off.
1: Yeah. So, Connor, not to put uh, anyone on a spot at all, uh, but since you've seen Sarah play before, does that mean that you feel you have a great advantage in this game or just a pretty good advantage in this game?
2: I don't know if it would be either one of those things.
1: Oh, all right. Okay, fine. I'm very nervous. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting question. Um, I'm curious as to how nervous people who are successful at trivia, and I think somebody that's won money on Jeopardy! has to be considered successful. How nervous do you get as a competitor playing trivia? Because I I don't feel any nervousness when I play (laughs) trivia because – I really feel that if I don't do well at Trivia, it is the fault of the question asker. Uh, Which is a, uh, so we can't kind of, exactly blame Alex. <laughs> well, there we are.
0: And, 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 you know,
1: Alex has his people.
0: And, and in this What's game, it? you can't blame us either because you guys are sending the questions to each other. It's... Not, it's not, <laughs> If you don't like the question, blame blame Sarah, Connor, vice versa.
1: <laughs> but no, seriously, Connor, do you feel do you feel actually nervous when you when you play trivia for for any reason, for money, for pride, for honor? Um, I think
2: I'd be more nervous now if the people I'm playing with uh, have known that I'm on Jeopardy. Oh, because good. I feel like they look at me like with expectations. If I don't know something.
0: And expectations. There's
2: yeah. A more
1: pressure now. Yeah, I know. do you feel that, Sarah? No, no, no
3: I, don't. <laughs> I, I don't feel. You know, I'm am a music teacher. I I teach over 90 students at once, and nothing shakes
1: me. But, and, and that's really the thing, right? Yeah. What age do you teach?
3: Um, 10, 11, 12 year olds.
1: That, that is that, that, that key age. Uh, so my guess is, and you don't need to back me up on this or not. Uh, you <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to back you into a corner. I think that age is the second hardest age to teach something to. I think the hardest age is middle schoolers.
3: That is middle school. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do teach middle school.
1: <laughs> but those are the hardest, right? Oh, yeah. I think so. I, I, I have four children, and three of them were middle schoolers, <laughs> and one of them is going to be a middle schooler, if luck holds. Um, <laughs> and, and, and those were the hardest times for me as a parent. And I always felt some level of remorse about having sent them to make them into somebody else's problem during the bulk of the days of the
0: week.
3: Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. But, you, but you're going you're,
0: you're gonna to enjoy being here better than your time at Jeopardy, that's for certain. There's a lot of good things you could, that you get from us that you're not going get elsewhere. I mean, you can play this game in your bathrobe. You can have a cocktail while you're playing. And the best part is, because we're not going to give you anything, you're not going to have to worry about any of those pesky taxes.
1: that's that's really good that's real Uh, now uh, we did ask each of you to select a topic that you felt that you could do well in so uh, I've written a topic for each of you Uh, Sarah what was the topic which you chose by the way I would like to point out that you teach 10th 11th and 12th grade music what was your your subject
3: Uh, I, I chose classical music
1: professor Oh, okay. All right. That's that seems like it's a real stretch for you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I think and and I'm not saying that you did anything wrong, but a tactical error to make it such a wide range while researching classical music, I had to decide in a span of approximately a thousand years. So a question will be asked of you derived from a millennia of possible data points. (laughs) Good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah, I I thought about that. Fortunately, Connor was much more selective. Connor, what was the subject that you chose that you thought you knew something about?
2: Uh, Well, I really narrowed it down, and I went with European history.
1: (laughs) So both of you, and (laughs) and, and I want you to know, and (laughs) I think that this is fair for you to know, Connor that at our pre-show meeting when we were kicking around topics it was discussed that maybe we would ask a question about european history using the the classic documentary film series bill and ted's excellent adventure and i thought that didn't as wide as your range was i didn't think that was a fair way to go
0: but but <laughs> we've included bill and ted as one of the categories because it's a great because documentary it's such a great category yeah
1: Oh, my gosh. So there are going to be ten categories. I will let you know what the ten categories are, all right, in no particular order. Uh, And uh, we'll talk about exactly how the game is played in just a couple of minutes. I'm going to let you know about the topics, and one of the topics will be a lecture topic, which I have chosen. Uh, And it's something we're going to all learn about together, except for me, because I researched it already. Uh, We're going to be talking – one of the categories will be baseball awards, Simon and Garfunkel, the actress Emma Stone, the Marine Corps Hymn, Peach Production, as has already been stated, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Classical Music, European History, the State of Colorado. (laughs) Now, you don't have to remember any of those things because I've assigned numbers to all of them. You just have to choose the number which goes with – And and then I'll read the question and tell you what the category is. All right? But before we get to that, are we all ready for today's lecture? Yes. It doesn't matter if you are or not. Uh, It's coming. That's not not how professorship works. Uh, As a teacher, Sarah, I thought you would know that. All right. (laughs) Our topic today is owls. (laughs) There are two basic types of owls. There are true owls, and then there are barn owls. And although I think of barn owls as these strange other owls, uh, you are more likely to live near a barn owl species than any other species of owl. Uh, They live in almost all regions of the world except for the polar regions and some isolated island groups. Uh, More importantly about owls, we're more likely to hear an owl than to see an owl. They are typically solitary hunters. They sit silently waiting for a prey, normally in the dark, but some species are also crepuscular. Uh, They rely on their excellent sight and hearing. Uh, For all owls, including barn owls, the shape of their facial discs helps to funnel sound to their ears. Now, my lecture moves on to a couple of specific species of owls. Uh, For many people... The tinier and more adorable a thing is, the better it is. And that is probably the case for burrowing owls. They stand about 8 to 10 inches tall. They have wingspans that are about twice their height. They typically live in open areas and are often active during the day, walking around. And if you've ever seen a meme about someone saying that they have important owl things to do... It is almost certainly a burrowing owl. But here's the thing that's remarkable. Although they're 8 to, inch, eight to 10 inches tall, they are unbelievably light. They weigh – their weight ranges from about 5 to not quite 9 ounces. They are 10 inches tall, and they weigh less than a doll. But all owls are like that. They are deceptively light due to their hollow bones and the fact that they have very full plumage – which makes them look dramatically larger than the animal actually is. Our next species is the barred owl, B-A-R-R-E-D, barred owl. They're big. They're two feet tall with a wingspan of up to four feet across, but they only weigh about a pound and a half to two pounds. Now, this is an owl that you might catch sight of on a right around dusk or maybe on a particularly <laughs> cloudy day late in the day or, or uh, late in the morning but you're for certain you know a barred owl's call when you hear it uh, they have a very distinctive call which is often described as more or less who cooks for you who cooks for you uh, it's sometimes called a hoot owl or an eight hoot owl because they have rather lengthy calls they don't just say who they say who cooks for you
0: that was a really good owl bit. Uh,
1: uh, thank you very much um our final species of owl to discuss today the great horned owl this big powerful bird has the strongest talon grip of any bird they are bigger but not taller than a barred owl the great horned owl takes the largest prey, often weighing nearly as much as they do, which is three to five pounds. And that is why they need this incredibly strong grip. It is not just a question of where they grasp the husk. It's a question of weight ratios. I'm uh, Sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. The horns of a great horned owl are actually specialized feather tufts that aid their keen hearing. And all of these birds can be seen pretty close up if you ever come and visit us here in central Florida at the Audubon Center for Birds of Prey in Maitland, which is kind of around the corner from my house, which where I went and did the research for this lecture. And that is the end of the lecture and time now to determine who will have home field advantage. Then we'll go over the rules. Um uh predetermined because she was on the line first sarah will get to go first okay this is a closest to the pin question does not matter if you go over that's fine it's whoever's closest that matters according to birds of north that is my source birds of north there are how many owl species native to north america how many owl species native to north america sarah what is your guess Oh, gosh. Um, He's sparkling walls. Excuse me.
3: <laughs> I will say that there are 38 species of owls.
1: 38 species of owls. And, Connor, what uh, for the yeah, – I can't even remember how we say it. I'll just say the Mustangs. Uh, sure. I want to say Chiroderm, but I know that's not right. Uh, how many do you think? Um, I will say 55. Fifty five. So what we've had here is we've had an opportunity for Connor to be strategic and immediately deciding not to do it. We I just ap- want to throw that out. there. We, we appreciate decide, the lack of strategy go over or under. And instead of that, he said, I'm going to pick a number so it could be in the range in between and I could still lose. Uh, <laughs> not a lot you know what? We, on. Do what? we We're can. Sorry. That's fine. You know, I'm just trying to give advice for future contestants. <laughs> Being able to go second means you can go one above or one below. Uh, You went the wrong direction no matter what. The right answer, although there are 225 extant uh, species of owl, there are only 19 considered native to North America. The home team will be the sparkly narwhals. And since I've mentioned the home team, maybe it's time for me to go over the rules. Here's how we play our game. We are starting, as Doug has already mentioned, at the start of the ninth inning and the score is tied for the purposes of gameplay, Doug, what is the score tied at?
0: It's tied at zero to zero.
1: It's tied zero to (laughs) zero. I'm going to have 10 questions for each of you numbered one to 10. They are worth a variety of values. Uh, I've described it in the past as easier one answer questions, but I'm not sure if they're easier, but they have one answer, which sounds easier, uh, but you could get one answer wrong. So I don't know if it's easier or not. Uh, One answer questions are singles. Multiple answer questions are doubles, triples, or home runs. The scoring is like baseball. Singles advance the runner one base, double advance two, triples advance three. And here's the important part about our game. We don't count right answers. We count runs. So, in addition to answering questions, you're playing baseball. Each wrong answer is an out. Three outs, you're out of the game. Or when we get to the tenth question, Doug is our official scorer. Coach, you can find out more uh, when you want to send Doug your angry emails uh, about his scoring choices for the game. Doug, what is the best way to reach out to you with their angry emails?
0: I I, I prefer angry tweets. So that makes me feel very modern. Okay. So you can hit me at, at, at urbanbaboon.com. And I just want to take a second to say we're part of the Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports Network, the Legend Sports Network, and you can get to us at com. Interactive chat room. Registration is free. Uh, join us for trivia on Saturday and tons of baseball talk everywhere else.
1: Uh, Doug is our scorer. That means if there is a dispute, he will decide how the answers are scored, and he will also advance runners when there are two outs or a runner in scoring position. Some base runners may advance further than the batter, but that's the way baseball is played. That is a simple version of our game. Here is the slight twist. Play ball. I will not be – I'm sorry?
0: No, I'm sorry. I was going to do –
1: You say play play ball already. It's too early for play ball.
0: Well, Okay.
1: Uh, The slight twist, I will not be reading questions in the order I wrote them. I will be asking them in the order that your opponent chooses. There are some assistance options. Uh, If we were willing to pay royalties, we could call these lifelines, but we're not. So we're going to call them assistance options. Uh, You will have the option to take a pitch. That will mean that you will not even swing at it. You will not make a guess. You've heard the question. You decided you can't do anything with it. We just move past it. No outs. The question is retired. Or you can foul off a question. That means you'll get a second guess. If I know the answer you have given is wrong, when Doug starts the play-by-play on the question, I will ask you whether or not you hope that this ball goes foul. I will not be trying to trick you. I will be giving you an option.
0: Yeah, if he says that, uh, you are probably got an out.
1: Yes, I, I'm telling if I ask you if you it to go foul, I'm letting you know you get to choose whether or not you're getting out or not. Uh, yeah, but you would want to choose that if you think you have a good second guess. If you don't have a good second guess, eh, take the out, save that for another ga- uh, for another uh, play. You can also step out and take signs again from the third base coach. This means you're going to get a clue or multiple choice. I want to remind you that there are multiple answer questions, doubles, triples, and home runs. If you don't know all of the answers, it's okay. Answer the ones you know. If you feel like you want to try and stretch with a third answer, try and stretch. But if you get it wrong, you will get out. Also, if you manage to hit a grand slam, a home run with the bases loaded, you will win our substantial grand prize from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is from BMC Mattress in longwood florida Doug. anything you need to add before we get started with today's game
0: no i'm pretty i'm, I'm good
1: all right uh, so you are the home team sparkly narwhals sparkly narwhals do you have any questions or are there any special home rules you like to have uh when we play at your stadium although today we're playing at larry Mel- melnick
0: field historic larry melnick field <laughs> <Okay.
3: laughs> uh
1: no sir i think that those okay. are great rules All right, Uh, and that leads us to the Mustangs. Connor, do you have any questions before I start giving you questions?
2: No, I think I'm ready to go.
1: All right.
0: Can I say play ball now? Can I say
1: now?
0: Play ball.
1: Excellent. All right. Better up. All right, so, sparkly narwhals, choose a number between 1 and 10, which will be question number 1 for the Mustangs. I'm going to go
3: with number 10,
1: professor. Number 10 goes right down to the end. Question number 10. Next week, major league baseball will announce their awards for the 2019 season. Mike Trout, Alex Bregman, and Marcus Semyon are all finalists for what American league award. Next week, major league baseball will announce their awards for the 2019 season. Mike Trout, Alex Bregman, and Marcus Semien are all finalists for what American League award? What do you think, Mustangs?
2: I can't think. I locked onto an an answer immediately and can't get really past
0: it. I think I'm going to go with American League MVP.
1: That is absolutely correct. Nicely
0: done. The ball hits sharply in the left center. It lands in. In front of the left field, there Hopkins and the guy rounds first. He's on safe at first, zero zero.
1: So, Doug, this is my commitment to you. Uh, going forward, I will not tell them if they're right before you do no, the play. No, the beauty of it is and that that's, at that's the end really of
0: the, the of this. At the end of the inning, at the end of the inning, I get to go over runs, hits, errors. They can't make errors, so we're just counting our errors. <laughs> right. So, well it, so you, you know, we have a column for it. We're good. We're at, we're up to two already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right Sarah it is your turn to choose a second number
3: Okay I will Between go with uh, I'll go with 1
1: Oh there oh I see I see a pattern emerging <laughs> Question number 1 what was, a, a what was the nickname for Colorado when it became a part of the Union in 1876 What was the nickname for Colorado when it became a part of the Union in 1876
2: Oof. I don't even know if I have a guess on this one. You do well, you have, have an assistances
1: to get signs, and that, and I'll let you know on this one here. It would be multiple choice.
2: Um, yeah, I'll take a sign for this one.
1: All right. So you are taking the sign. Here is your multiple choice. Was it known as the Mountain State, the Silver State, or the Centennial State? Was it the Mountain State, the Silver State, or the Centennial State? What was the nickname it's, for Colorado? when it became a part of the Union in 1876.
2: I am still not positive, but I think I'm going to go with uh, the Centennial
0: State. Doug, he
1: is <laughs> the, ball, the Centennial State.
0: The ball's hit sharply, sharply uh, deep in the hole of the shortstop. It's, it's under his glove. Both runners advance. There's a man on first and second. No outs.
1: It is absolutely correct. It was known as the Centennial State, and uh, the Mountain State is West Virginia. The Silver State is Nevada. All right, Sarah, so far you've thrown some good pitches, but he's managed (laughs) to hit them both, managed to get himself onto base. Uh, What do you think now for question number three? We'll go with two. Going with question number two, because you thought that you had put a pattern together (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> and now you realize, uh, well, I'm going to change that, which is fine, because this is European history. Yes. <laughs> what are the three most common primary languages of Europe, according to worldatlas.com? What are the three most common primary languages of Europe, according to worldatlas.com? Connor? Uh, you have three right answers. Answer as many of them as you feel confident on. There are three correct answers. What are the three most common primary languages of Europe? A primary language, by the way, is defined as a language spoken at home.
2: Okay. Um, so I can kind of talk this through to myself here? Sure. Oh,
1: absolutely, and we would encourage that.
2: All right. So the one I'm feeling pretty good about, not to get too creative here is English, um, I think that's going to be one of my choices. But then once I get past that, I'm not really sure. He, um, the one that I really um, thought of after that um,
0: was... Um, he, he, he pops the ball up. Oh, no, Dumb... no, hold on.
1: Hold on. Wait a second. He's still thinking through. He hasn't oh. said anything yet.
0: Oh, okay. I thought he said English.
1: <laughs> no, 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 he said he's pretty confident, on, it, but he's talking through it still. So I'm going to let him keep talking. But okay. that ball... Looked foul to me. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so should I keep going or should I take?
0: A... <laughs> keep going. We're still in the beta. It's okay. We're we're all friends yeah. here. So it's about having a good time. I jumped the gun a little. It's our third error.
1: <laughs> you got. You can't all see that he actually is writing down that error. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, I'm going to let you know that this is a free foul ball for you. English is not one of the top three. It is fifth. It is fifth.
2: Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. So the one that I immediately thought of after that, I won't uh, walk in this answer yet. Yes, good. Um, The one I went to immediately after uh, was German, just because I figured it was being spoken in some countries other than Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm thinking past that. For that reason, I kind of started to gravitate towards French as well. This is the size of France. and figured there might be people speaking it in the Netherlands and Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of went towards Russian just because I am not sure what other languages are spoken in places like the Ukraine. So I thought possibly Russian. And I know the size of it.
1: How many of those do you feel confident enough to say these are my three answers? Or do you want to go with, I mean, you can go with one answer, two answers, three answers. Your choice. I, I, the
2: only one I'm, one I'm kind of feeling good about here is German. I might just stick with the one if that's okay.
1: That is okay. Uh, right. He has said German.
0: <laughs> the ball is hit sharply into the left center field. It's fielded cleanly by a left fielder, but all the runners advance by one base. It's now bases loaded with nobody out.
1: So, Sarah. Yes. What do you think might be those choices? Because uh, German well, is right, German. but it's number two. Oh, interesting.
3: Uh, I think he probably was on the right track with French. Yep, he was. And my, my last thought third. would have been probably uh, – Oh, that, that's third?
1: That's third.
0: French would have been my first uh, guess.
3: And that's currently? That's not like that in, in history. It oh, is current. Okay. Um wow. I don't I didn't feel so great about Russian. So I, my my last thought was um, was uh, Italian, but I don't think that's right. I wouldn't have Italian. definitely wouldn't have bet any points on that. Italian is 4. Yeah, the, the good uh, the, number 1.
0: The good news is had he gotten really hold of it, he would have gotten all three right and hit a triple, oh, scoring in runs. But oh, you put you, you got you had a good rotation on that ball. He only got a single on that thing.
1: Yeah, Russian is the most spoken, and wow. a lot of it is. There's a lot of people that live in Russia, both in European and Asian Russia, mm-hmm. but they're all considered European politically. Oh. And in oh. fact, in Russia, they only teach that there are six continents. Your Asia is one continent if you are taught it in Russia. That's fascinating. All right. Uh, Uh, Fifth is English, sixth is Spanish, and, Connor, if this makes you feel better about your choices at all, sixth is Ukrainian. Wow. Okay,
3: yeah.
1: (laughs) You mentioned the Ukraine, uh, where they don't speak Russian, they speak Ukrainian. Uh, Good job. You managed to uh, take a good pitch and still get runners on. There's three on, nobody out. So far, nobody out. Which Uh, means that...
0: if we get the home run question, we could get have a, we could have our first grand slam.
1: That could happen. All right. So, uh, what number do you want to choose now, Sarah? Uh,
3: nine.
1: Number nine. Nine. Yeah. Well, since we were just talking about German, nine. <laughs>
0: nine.
3: <laughs> nine points for Connor.
1: <laughs> question number nine. According to the lyrics to the song "The Sound of Silence." In what two places can you find the written evidence of the words of the prophets? According to the lyrics to the song, The Sounds of Silence, in what two places can you find written evidence of the words of the prophets? You can sing the song out loud if you want. (laughs) I (laughs) don't know if I know enough of it besides (laughs) just the
2: sound of silence. Oh i don't have anything you, have the, you have
1: the option to completely take this pitch no harm no foul bases would still be loaded we'd be moving on to the next question you can take a swing uh there are two right answers so you could double in two runs and take a lead right here or you could pop this ball up i mean there's a lot of things that you could do right here connor what do you think your choices? I don't
2: know. I don't even have a guess. I don't know if it's like a place name or just a word. And you do have, just,
0: You uh, do. You do get three outs.
2: That's true. If I was to miss on this, would it count as one out or two outs? Just one. Just one. Um, and can you just repeat it one more time?
1: Yes, I can. Yes, thank you. According to the lyrics to the song "The Sound of Silence," in what two places can you find written evidence of the words of the prophets?
2: I guess I'll just take a guess on um, one. Okay. I'm sure this is very far off, but I'll go with the Bible.
0: Let's and he popped it up. The pitcher is capping <laughs> under it. And he's pointing to the left. It's the first baseman's coming over, and he catches the ball for the first out. Runners hold their positions. Still bases loaded. One out.
1: All right. So, uh, Sarah. As a music teacher of some renown, uh, mm-hmm. are you familiar with the lyrics to the Simon and Garfunkel song, The Sound of Silence? Uh,
3: kind of. I think I might know this one,
1: actually. All right. What are the, what yeah. are the two answers?
3: Um, I think it's in the subway. That's one answer. Yeah, on the answer. in the
1: subway. I don't know the other one. Well, you would have gotten that one right. Uh, it is the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls and tenement halls.
0: Well, wow. yeah, I would have gotten that. Bases yeah. are what? still loaded. Still can have the grand slam.
1: All right. Oh. So what number are we going to go to now, Sarah? Let's go down to three, please. Three. The first four. This is classical music, by the way. The first four American classical composers, the first four American classical composers, John Antes, Justin Morgan, William Billings, and Samuel Adams Holyoke, were born in what two U.S. colonies? The first four American classical composers, John Antes, Justin Morgan, William Billings, and Samuel Adams Holyoke, were born in what two different U.S. colonies? You can guess one, you can guess both, or you still have the option to take a pitch.
2: All right. Um, I don't. Right off the bat, I don't think I'm gonna guess both. Okay. Because I don't think it's a good sign that I have not heard of any of those four people.
1: Uh, some of them are um, profoundly famous, actually, <laughs> in, classic, know, in American classical, classical music, but only in that sphere. Well, one the of them also. Just knowledge in, on this topic. One of us also. Famous in horse siring, it turns out. <laughs> um, Hope that helps, Connor.
2: Does horse siring classical music are two of my forte. Um...
0: I knew we picked the right guys.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think I might just take a guess on this one. Try to get one of them. Right. Um. So just based on. My knowledge of those first thirteen uh, colonies, I might just give it a shot and go with Massachusetts as one of the two.
1: And so you're guessing just one, and your guess is Massachusetts. I'm just going to go with one.
0: The and ball is drilled in the center field. A uh, one hopper to the center fielder. He the one run is in. The second run holds at third. One so that's so that's one nothing. Mustangs bases still loaded, one out.
1: Do you know the other answer, Sarah? Because Massachusetts is correct. Uh, Justin Morgan, William Billings, and Samuel Adams Holyoke are all from Massachusetts. Holyoke is a city in Massachusetts. Uh, And Justin Morgan is the owner of the sire of the famous Morgan Horse. But what other of the colonies is John Antes from?
3: John Antes. I, I definitely would have gone with Connor on that. On Massachusetts, that seemed like a very
1: educated guess. Uh,
3: the other one I had written down was Virginia, just because it was very populous. But I, I do not know.
1: The right answer is Pennsylvania. Antes was from Philadelphia, the most populous city in the colonies at in 1776. More people lived in Philadelphia than any other city, including New York. All right uh still going well you've got to run in you've got one out sarah what are we going to pitch next i'm going to go with number eight number eight bases are still loaded by the way question number eight emma stone won her first best actress oscar for what musical released in 2016 emma stone won her first best actress oscar for what musical released in 2016
2: all right, so I feel a little bit better about this one than I do about my knowledge of classical music.
1: <laughs>
3: and
2: horse iron, really. Um, so I, I I can't really think of anything else. I'm just going to go with La La Land.
0: Doug? Well, the ball's hit sharply between the second baseman and the first baseman. No one can get it. It rolls in the outfield. One run is in. The other runner holds at third. We have bases loaded. Two nothing, Mustangs. One out.
1: Still, still one out. Still, four questions remaining, and it is in fact La La Land. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Birdland as well. Mm. Uh, all right, what which number do we go to next? We have four, five, six, and seven available.
3: I'm not sure if you've caught my pattern yet, Professor, but I'm going, <laughs> to be going with uh, four.
1: I thought that might be where we headed. Uh, question number four: Which North American owl is large enough to take out a rabbit? Which North American owl is large enough to take out a rabbit? I feel like I just said this.
2: Yeah, so I feel I feel good about this one. I tried to take some diligent notes here about some um, owls. I learned a lot.
0: That's half the battle.
2: N- not enough to not enough to guess correctly about the number of owl species, but I feel pretty good about this guess. Um, I'm going to go with the great horned
0: owl. Doug? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a, a, a solid line drive going into left field. One run is in, and the runner holds it third. Again, base is loaded. It's now three to nothing, Mustangs. On six of one out.
1: All right, one out. And three runs in, three questions to go. That home run is still out there. (laughs) Sarah, where do we go next? Uh Uh, We're going to number seven. I knew we were. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, I'm running out of options, but that's fine. (laughs) Question number seven is about the Marine Corps hymn. Battle on what two continents are mentioned in the opening lines of the Marine Corps hymn? battle on what two continents are mentioned in the opening lines of the Marine Corps hymn.
2: So, I don't know if I'm thinking of the correct line or not, which makes me really nervous, because I immediately thought of two places, Okay, and I don't know if it would be correct. I'm thinking of that line where they say, from the halls of Montezuma. So... That was the first thing I thought of, but I don't know if I'm confident enough about it to go with both answers on that. And I'm now starting to question myself if I need the second place in the...
0: If we can make you doubt yourself, um, we've done my... something good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will... I'm trying to remember what the second name of that, in that line is. I feel good about the Montezuma one. Um. So I will say North America for one. Because as a uh, world history teacher, knowing who Montezuma was is coming in handy here. Um, And then for the second one, oh, I don't know if I should go both. Now I'm starting to question myself. Um,
1: I think you appreciated the fact that on Jeopardy, you didn't have time to question yourself. Yeah,
2: that made it a lot easier. Right or wrong right off the bat.
0: Yeah, and they move on. But instead, we let you steep in your wrongness.
2: Yeah. Um, I think I might just lock it in with the one and say, North America because I'm not confident enough
0: to kind of differentiate between the other one. Again, with a drive into the outfield. The merry ground keeps going. A run is in, but it's a single. Base is loaded. Four to nothing. Mustangs over Narls. You know
1: the other answer.
3: Yeah, uh, it's from the halls of Montezuma to
2: the shores of Tripoli. So uh, Tripoli is what I thought it was.
1: Yeah. Trip-
3: Tripoli's is? in Africa.
1: That Tripoli's is absolutely Africa. correct. Yeah. Woo. That's what I thought.
3: Yeah, so useless knowledge.
1: So far, Sarah <laughs> has been uh, picking up all the pieces if Connor has left them <laughs> on the table. <laughs> I'm sure he'll um, do the same for me. <laughs> I, am, I am hesitant to ask this question, but where are we going next? Uh...
3: You know, because you, I think you've gotten too comfortable, Professor. Okay, we're, we're going to go with question six.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing: had you gone in the other order, our last question would have been the home run question. Oh. But instead, okay. we'll be asking the home run question <laughs> about peach production oh, <laughs> <laughs> worldwide. What four countries produce the most million tons of peaches and nectarines worldwide? What four countries produce the most million tons of peaches and nectarines? And I will let you know now that if you manage to get all four of these right, Connor, you will be winning a memory foam pillow from BMC Mattress. Uh, BMC Mattress sells high-quality mattresses that are some seconds, some over-orders, but all first quality mattresses sold all at uh, retail establishments all across the country. BMC mattress. If you get a grand slam here, you will have uh, your very own uh, memory foam pillow worth forty five dollars. Nice. Oh man, might be worth taking a big swing for. <laughs> it could be. It could be it. It
2: could be life changing for me. All right. Um. Let's thank you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> think. So, you, you know, Jeopardy gave to you money. Peaches. We're gonna give you a pillow. Maybe. Come on.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think of. And I'm. Still it's our way of pick. getting
1: into your bed, Connor.
2: <laughs> um, so I'm trying to think of where peaches are grown. I'm Thinking like a warm climate, but I. I
1: I'm glad know. you didn't think first of just the ground. <laughs>
2: took it. I took. I analyzed it one step further than that.
1: What country has trees? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cry Sudan off my list.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I still being at one uh, at least get a look at them.
1: Uh, you only, you have one out. So the worst case scenario, you only get one out on a question. So even if you gave me four oh, answers okay. three of them were wrong, you would only get one out. So oh, you can go for as many answers here as you want you you will only be right and advancing runners for as many as you're right on
2: okay all right well i have a list of three right now and i might just come up with one to throw in as a fourth but i am going all right i have my four guesses i think i tried all to right. think of some more, Taking
1: a clim- big swing.
2: more climated places i'm going to say brazil india the United States, and Mexico.
0: In what order? In that order? Um,
2: I'm going to swap India to
0: first. Okay. And the ball is hit right back to the pitcher. He picks it up. He looks the guy back at third. He throws it to home for the force out. Everybody else is safe. We now have two outs, bases loaded, four to nothing, Mustangs. One of
1: the answers that he gave is right, but it was the fourth largest producer.
0: Well, the, the, that's Sarah. why the order. What
1: do you what do you think the What do you think they were? Well,
3: I Connor did not go with what I call the Warren Grace rule of yeah. production, which is you always say China.
0: Yeah, when in doubt, always. say China.
3: Yeah, a, China.
1: There's a corollary to that is if it's warm weather, maybe it's Brazil. <laughs> and that's where nope, he went.
3: it's never Brazil. It's always China.
1: And in this case, <laughs> it is China. Yep. It China o- it is always number is. one, and it's not close. 58% <laughs> of the world's production of peaches and nectarines grown in China.
3: And, and then if it's a state, the answer is always California. I think that the answer that uh, Connor had
1: right was the United States. That is correct. Number one is China. Number four is the United States. Second and third, Spain and Italy. Spain and Italy.
2: Never would have got it.
1: All right, but now there's two outs coming up to the final question. Uh, Still four runs in, though, Connor, so still a very
0: good Yeah, four is a good good showing.
1: Uh, All right, and uh, Sarah, is it okay if we go with question number five? Yes, sir. <laughs> Based sure. on having no other choices, <laughs> here we are. Which comedian as Rufus helped Bill and Ted through their excellent adventure? Um, Which comedian as Rufus helped Bill and Ted through their excellent adventure? Unfortunately, you don't have the clue still available because I gave yeah. you multiple choice already because the clue here would give it away.
2: Yeah, and unfortunately for me, I have never seen Bill and Ted's Excellent
0: Adventure. Oh God! What, what kind that, of what kind of history world. teacher are you? Is a history teacher? It's like it's like aren't you supposed to like like be hungover someday and just toss that movie in?
2: Um, they're really they're really cracking down on that lately. Oh. I guess.
0: Well, these movies have steered me wrong.
2: Um. So I might. Uh, give it a shot, just because it's the last question, and then I still have the foul, correct?
1: Uh, yes. Can... Yes, I'll say you do. I,
0: I believe he does. Okay. Wait,
1: you got All a right, foul figured... earlier, but it was on an error, <laughs> so... Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Um, well, just based on when it was made, I'm trying to think of who would have been popular then. This is probably going to be so far off and embarrassingly wrong. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, Andrew Dice
0: Clay. Oh, that would've
2: been awesome.
0: And that ball, that ball is, that ball is popped up the third base side. Looks like it's going to go out of play for a foul ball.
1: All right. Yeah. What's your second guess?
2: Um, I didn't really thought past passing first one. Um, <laughs> I knew I had a second one there. I just didn't. Yes.
0: Uh, put Boy, the
2: eggs in the Andrew Dice Clay basket. I guess.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs>
1: Um, uh, and I really thought everyone was going to buy a Ford Fairlane. That was my my absolute certainty.
2: Um, oh, man. I really, really do Robin Williams.
0: And that's a ground Done. ball. Ground ball, sharply hit like to Robin the Williams. shortstop. Shortstop flips it over to second for the third out of the inning. They strand three runners. But in that inning... Four runs on six hits and three errors all by me or the professor. <laughs> and that retires the side.
1: Uh, now, you know this answer, Sarah. I do. Um, but
3: I know you on Connor.
1: You, you will also know this, know this. and Con- So I'm not going to let you guess right away because, Connor, I'm going to give you the clue just to see how you would fare here. My clue was he didn't use any of the seven words that you cannot say on television. Does that help?
2: That, it absolutely does help. Yeah. I'm going to go with George Carlin.
1: That is absolutely right. Uh, yeah. He was a Rufus. All right.
0: Four's so a good score. First... Four's a good score. Uh, we... And the bright side is uh, Sarah still has to answer Bill and Ted's question.
1: <laughs> yes, I do. All right. So, Connor, let's see how this goes. We now have... You are defending a four run outing here in the top of the nine. Let's see how you do selecting questions for the sparkling narwhals. Uh, Connor, what number do you want to start with? One to ten.
2: All right, I think I'm gonna switch up the pattern a little bit.'ll um, start I'll start with
1: number nine. Number nine. Which Simon and Garfunkel song is considered the first rock song to win a Grammy record of the year in 1969? Which Simon and Garfunkel song is considered the first rock song to win a Grammy record of the year in 1969? All right. Well, neither
3: Connor nor I were alive in
1: 1969.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Francois was, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So and and I and Simon and Garfunkel is really not a strength of mine. I, I kind of wish we had the 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 regular lifelines where I could phone somebody because I definitely have a friend who would have, yeah. who have killed this question.
0: Darn those copyrights!
3: Uh, I know. <laughs> um. So I'm I'm gonna guess the only Simon and Garfunkel movie. And you're song gonna that I you're
0: gonna heard. be right. I bet you. Oh,
3: here's, says, uh, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. <laughs>
0: That's a, a, a sharply hit line drive into left center field for a base hit to lead off the game. He takes a, he takes a huge turn, but he uh, decides to stay at first. All
1: right. I'm going to ask a quick question. Yeah. Because the question was, which Simon and Garfunkel song is considered the first rock song to win a Grammy record of the year in 1969, and you decided that that meant it needed to be a movie song, which was Right. <laughs> But I don't oh. know how you made that leap because my closing <laughs> fee was... is not eligible for an Oscar because it was not written specifically for the soundtrack. Oh, uh, okay. I, uh... I misheard you. <laughs> 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 so that works out pretty well for yeah, me. That works out really <laughs> well. Um, those of you familiar with Mrs. Robinson, congratulations. That is considered to be the first rock song to win a Grammy record of the rock song. Mrs. Robinson <laughs> is considered to be loose, by some a rock song.
2: Loose interpretation that of the word rock.
1: Alright. Connor, yeah. where are we going for number two?
2: Um, I will go to number four.
1: Question number four. Wh- what species of owl... Is most widespread worldwide. What species of owl is most widespread worldwide? Uh,
0: the the barn the barn owl. <laughs> the balls hit a slow roller down to third base. He can't get the guy at second. He throws over to first, and and Sarah's just too fast for that. We got runners on first and second. We have an infield single. Still down four to nothing though. No outs.
1: Nice job, of course. Uh, barn owls everywhere except for the Arctic and some isolated island groups. Um, one of the things that is uh, like, interesting about the concept of Jeopardy is that you answer questions in the form of a question. Sometimes you answer, you ask, you answer the question, but you just say it like it is a question. Barn owl. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> Connor, what is the next number we're going to throw? Let's see if we can.
2: Uh, Let's go to number six.
1: Number six. Oh, known as the. Due to production in the 16th century, Georgia is outproduced in peaches by what two? U.S. states. Want to give anything away? that Sarah's going to get at least one of them. Uh, <laughs> Although it's the Peach State, due to its productivity in the 16th century, Georgia is outproduced by what two U.S. states?
3: Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Warren Grace rule of production here, Professor. <laughs> um, and uh, just take, take it safe, play it safely, and, and go with uh, California.
1: Dub.
0: <laughs> well, the, well, the ball's hit sharply in the center field. It bounces in front of the center fielder. Runner advances to third, bases loaded, nobody out. Still down 0 uh, Connor,
1: five. do you have any guesses on U.S. state production of peaches?
2: Um, Well, I, based on the rule that I just learned, California was my first guess as well. <laughs> um, if, I, if I had to pick a second one, I'd probably go with Florida.
1: That's a good guess, but wrong. The right answer is South Carolina.
2: South directions? Carolina.
1: Yeah, I thought... And, again, here's a question where there's multiple right answers. One is relatively easy, and I think Sarah did the right thing. She took the relatively easy course and did not push it. As a result, she's got the bases loaded and could tie the game on the next answer possibly. So Hmm. what pitch do we want to throw?
2: Let's go to number
1: two. Question number two. So... Sparkling narwhals worldwide <laughs> there are 23 female governments uh where the head of state or the head of the government is female 23 female governments where the head of state or the head of the government is female only two of them have served for more than five years what two countries have had a female head of state or head of government Ooh. Ooh. i'm gonna need a clarification on that professor yes
3: all right does so the queen, a head of there's a queen count
1: a, a Queen would count if the if the uh, government was actually run by the Queen and there are no cases where the government is actually run by the Queen. Okay. All right, All right. thank you. So uh, I, I can see why you're asking that. This is these are elected officials, either heads mm-hmm. of state or heads of government. Uh, heads of state are typically presidents or similar. Heads of states are usually prime ministers or a similar. Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: All right. So I assume this is my European history question. Thank you yes, Connor it is that. your <laughs> European
1: history question.
3: <laughs> so my my thought immediately went to uh, New Zealand and that their amazing leader who actually was uh, had given birth while she was in office, but I don't think she's been there for uh, for five years yet. I think she's probably in three or three or four. Um, which makes this much, much harder. Um, and I'm sure that there are plenty of countries that I'm completely unaware of the, the, the women leading. Um, but I'm going to this, – this is kind of a guess. I'm going to go with the country that I consider the most um, friendly to women, the most okay. accepting for women, um, and that's going to be uh, Iceland.
0: All right. Doug. The ball. the ball is hit. It's popped up in the fall territory. The third baseman's ranging over.
1: This is a foul ball. If you want, this ball could go out of play. Do you want it to go out of play, or do you, like, do you have a good second guess? That's really the question here. Uh, I think we'll let that go. Uh, I think we'll let that, the third baseman catch it.
0: And the third <laughs> baseman parks under it, catches the <laughs> ball. We still got uh, we got we got the bases loaded, but there's one out. You're down zero to down four to nothing.
1: Uh, I run the risk of mispronouncing both of their names. Well, one's uh, but you said something which made me think that you were going to head into the right direction, which is European mm-hmm. history. When you started talking about New Zealand, I was mm-hmm. I was concerned you were going to give me an answer which was not European. The answers are Angela Merkel. Oh, actually, you know what? Before I go any further, oh, Merkel. Uh, oh, Angela Merkel in Germany. Do you know what the other one is? I do. Connor? I can't but believe I an answer. That. <laughs> uh, that was that was
2: the one I knew for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I don't think I know the other one.
0: Nobody else does any. It's a tough one.
1: Knows, but Doug, in front of him. Uh, <sighs> but the other answer is Erna Soldberg in Norway.
3: Mm. Mm. Close. But, not even but what
1: that means is 21 female governments, 21 governments worldwide, have elected females president since Donald Trump was elected president. Mm-hmm. That's remarkable to me. And it says something about the the direction the world is headed, I believe.
0: Uh, twenty-one
1: governments, twenty-one governments elected women as either the heads of state or the head of government. All right, we still have six possible questions. You've gotten out early here. This uh, this may save you. I don't know. Sorry, I was planning on taking that out. Okay. <laughs> she hasn't used any of her any of her assistances.
0: Um, her. optional other things whatever they are Her
1: her fan interferences all right okay let's go to to number eight question number eight question number eight emma stone has played a character named wichita in what film emma stone has played a character named wichita in what film oh boy I thought the Emma Stone one would be the one that I would definitely get. Um, Wichita. There is a clue available, but it is not multiple choice. Okay.
3: Um, hmm. Gosh, I've seen a lot of Emma Stone movies, and honestly, I thought I'd seen them all. So.
0: I think you've seen this I,
1: one. Yeah? Okay, I'll, I'll take the hint. All right, the hint is that the sequel to the original film is in theaters now, the subtitle, Double Tap.
0: What? Well, I guess not. The
1: sequel to the original <laughs> film is in theaters now, the subtitle, Double Tap.
3: Oh, wow. Okay, that ha- did not help me
1: at all. Connor, did it help um, you? Yes. Yeah.
3: Oh, it helped Connor. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> as long I as we can I help Connor. I that figured that
3: it was kind of a, a guy movie. Um mm. my my Emma Stone movies are definitely the uh, the the lady friendly movies.
1: This um, is less lady friendly. But
0: yeah. but I, I would love I I would love to go see a lady friendly movie where the subtitle was double tap.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um oh gosh. Okay. I yeah, I'm afraid I, I do not know this. Oh, you can take it. Just, you can just take it. Oh. oh. No harm, no foul. We just retire the question. You still have that as an option. Oh, I don't want to use two of them on one question. Well, yeah, yeah all right. I'll take it.
1: All right. right, You don't want to have two outs either. No, but, I, I don't. <laughs> certainly not. All right. Uh, so, Connor, what is the answer to this question?
2: Um, I believe it's Zombieland. Zombieland. It
1: is Zombieland, and Zombieland is in theaters now. Yeah, I think they I... All t- uh, I think I threw I her off saying. because
0: I do I do look at the world through men's eyes, and I I think of that is a good movie, and it was popular.
3: Yeah, that's that's definitely a guy movie.
0: Okay, right.
3: I would never ever see that movie. Okay, oh boy. okay. Right. <laughs> I did love La La Land
0: though. <laughs> to, <this> is, <laughs> to be fair, I did. Lala La Land the double tap.
3: State. In addition to that. And, and and that was wonderful. I appreciate that. <laughs> all
1: right. One out. Uh, base Connor, is loaded. I think you're doing all right. She only got one. Here. She, she only has one of her um, of her clues left here. One of her possible assistances left. So,
2: okay, um, let's go to number ten.
1: Question number ten. Next week, Major League Baseball will announce their awards for the 2019 season. Aaron Boone, Rocco Baldelli, and Kevin Cash. Are all finalists for what American League award next week? Major League Baseball will announce their awards for the 2019 season. Aaron Boone, Rocco Baldelli, and Kevin Cash are all finalists for what AL award?
3: Well, uh, both Connor and I are humongous Yankee fans. Uh,
1: so, so
3: we're I'm very sorry familiar. that I'm done talking to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: we're I'm all sorry, about Connor, bringing I people together. I got
3: us both disqualified. <laughs>
0: <laughs> might we're about bringing people together, you know. We, we 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 like the fact that you're the first Yankee fans ever to be on our show, and we we actually like that fact, and and, and we're we're proud of that fact, and we understand that. I read in a journal somewhere that yeah, that human beings and Yankee fans share about 99 percent of the same DNA. We're a lot more similar than we are different. More than we thought. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. We're we're more like the X Men. You know, we have got that little extra something.
0: But but um, so
3: anyway, so, so we know Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone is the the manager of our New York Yankees, um, so that would be our manager for the
0: year. Ball hits sharp, ball hits sharply <laughs> through the infield. A run is going to score. They get the ball in quickly. It's now four to one, and the bases are loaded. One out. It's a ba- right, so
1: you're doing well so far, Connor. But I will say you are one pitch away from losing this game. I know. Uh, it's possible that you're one pitch away. So, where Very do we good. go next? Uh, let's go to three. Question number three. This is our classical music question.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: The Messiah, the English language oratorio by George Friedrich Handel, was written for the oboe, and which specific. Brass and stringed instruments. The Messiah, the English language or- oratorio by George Frederick Handel, was written for the oboe. And which specific brass and stringed instruments? Up to the three right answers.
3: Oh, okay. So, there are obviously, it's right not ans- an instrument that is both brass and string. No, right no, no, no. Okay. okay. Uh, that, that's where I was a little bit confused I there.
1: I okay, it well... Is- it is a certain number of brass and a certain number of stringed instruments. If you still had the clue available, I would have told you which there's one of and which there's two of. But I'm not okay. going. Okay.
3: Okay. Um. All right. Well, the Handel wrote very early in, in musical history, so not too many instruments were actually in, invented at that point. Um. So they weren't. They weren't really used. Uh traditionally in classical music at at this time in musical history um so that narrows it down it can't be like the saxophone or the um the tuba it's not going to be something like that um so that uh, there are a couple instruments that i can just kind of cross right off the list um the most common instrument during this time is definitely the the violin so the violin is is definitely going to be one of them um you can't really you can't really have an orchestra without a violin. similarly, and I think that it's far more likely that the the two instruments are string instruments because at this time in history, string instruments were everywhere and, and the other instruments were far less used. So I'm going to say that the viola is probably the second instrument. I assume there was a basso continuo, which um, could be a couple different instruments, so we'll leave that one out. Um, and that So that leaves a, a brass instrument and to be down to the, to the trumpet or the French horn because uh, those are the only two instruments that were widely used this time in history for in the brass family. Um, and I know because there's a lot of heraldry in the Messiah that it's gonna it's gotta be trumpet. So I'm gonna go with a uh, violin, viola, and trumpet.
0: Doug, well, that ball's hit well. That's back. It could be it could be out of here. It could be out of no, it's off the back wall. One run is in, two runs are in. And Gwinnett winds up on third base with a stand-up triple, clearing yes. the bases. <laughs> it's now tall tied I, up at four to four.
1: I love oh, the, that the answers all correct and based on your really incredible knowledge of it. I would have felt really badly had I somehow screwed it up and it wasn't right. Because,
0: that was the that, that was the uh, best answer there, we've ever also, had.
1: There was also uh, Basso continuum in this as well, uh, but it didn't. It didn't specify what instruments, as you said, uh, that mm-hmm. it can be done by a number of different instruments. And uh, I wasn't confident enough, so that's why I made this a three question. I, if it wasn't your topic, I would have had four and included a double reed instrument as well. Mm-hmm. And this would have been a home run question, but I thought that it wasn't <laughs> fair to allow you to win this game on a question, which you chose the topic of, <laughs> but sure. you did clear the bases.
0: And she tied up right. the game and she's got a runner and at third run with, run one out. with one out. All you need is All a right, single so and the game, the, the game will belong to okay. the sparkly narwhals. All right. So
1: okay. Connor, what okay. do you think?
0: uh let's
2: go up to number one
1: i think you're going to wish that you hadn't done that but here we are (laughs) (laughs) question number one colorado is one of only three states that have only straight line borders what are the other two this is possibly a single but quite honestly you only uh, it's possibly a double but you only need a single to win Colorado is one of only three states that have only straight-line borders. No physical features at all, no coastline, no rivers, no mountains, nothing, Uh, no lakes. Colorado is one of only three states that have only straight-line borders. What are the other two? You could guess both of them, or you could give us one of them and still win. Uh, I'm pretty pretty confident that I know both of these, but um,
3: I'm also—I don't— I don't take chances, as we saw on Jeffrey. Well, there's really no, <laughs> um, there's really
0: baseball-wise, there's no harm in as long as you get the first one right, in going for the second one and making the out because the run will still score.
1: And the game's actually over. The game will end when this uh, runner comes yeah. from third. Ah, oh, I don't
3: get to hear my Bill and Ted question. Oh. Uh, oh. you are going to heat it. Yeah, we usually yeah. go over
0: the missing questions at the end.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'll go with uh, Utah as my first guess, and uh, Wyoming as the second. One.
0: And and uh, that ball is uh, the the outfield was playing in with bases loaded, knowing the game could be with the guy in third, knowing that, and the ball is hit over left fielder's head. That's going to go for two, and the game is won by the Binghamton Sparkling Narwhals at a score of five five to four, five to four <laughs> Sparkly Narwhals.
1: Well played. Well played. I do have a couple questions we didn't get to. We're going to go over those, mm-hmm. and then uh, thank you both for playing. Oh, uh, and
0: Connor's got to get ready to sing, take Me out to the ball Game." That's tradition. We end with that.
3: Question oh, yeah. Five. I forgot to mention that to you, Connor. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yes. All right. It's a uh, movie, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. They abducted four modern European history figures. This was in a great European <laughs> –
0: okay. That's one of the great European a history question. Quest. That was a European history question I, I proffered.
1: <laughs> uh, in the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, they abducted four modern European history figures. Who are they?
3: Uh, is this for me? Yes. It's, it, well, well, it's, it's anybody. anybody has <laughs> well, I'm the one the seen the, the movie, game right? Over.
1: Yes. Yeah, the, <laughs> game, the game's over.
0: Uh, Anyone can jump in.
1: <laughs> Connor, do you want to guess? I, I, Connor, I'll give you a clue because I think <laughs> you, you know... <laughs> was two soldiers a doctor and a musician it was two soldiers a doctor and a musician
2: two soldiers a doctor and a musician um
1: and okay. one of the soldiers was a woman um woman is maybe I'll overstated go with,
2: i'll go with uh beethoven,
1: beethoven is, is right unique.
2: that's the musician yeah.
1: the, musicians <laughs> of the world you guessed that one right
2: i do on I was either going Beethoven
1: or Miss and figured I had a 50-50 shot. All right. um, <laughs> Two
2: soldiers, a doctor. Oh, man. Joan of Arc.
0: That's right. Joan of
1: Arc is correct.
0: Or as they called her in the movie, Miss of Arc. <laughs> Being respectful. <laughs> Being respectful.
2: Um, I don't know, a Albert Einstein? And a doctor.
0: No, Albert I'm Einstein. Albert Einstein? No. Uh,
2: Albert no, Einstein's a not a doctor. doctor.
0: Yeah. Well, he's like a doctor, doctor. Um, I really don't know the other two. Sarah, I'm sure you know one.
2: Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you know both of them. Like you've heard of them, so I, I assume by modern you don't count Socrates. Yeah, no, that's but, Socrates. He's um, not. Nope. <laughs> All right, so that means it's got to be, uh, Doc, Dr. Sigmund Freud, correct? And
0: uh,
1: Napoleon.
0: Napoleon. <laughs> Napoleon.
1: Uh, and what other questions? Oh, the music of the Marine Corps hymn. This is question number seven. The music of the Marine Corps hymn was from an 1867 operetta by Jacques Offenbach, first performed in what country? The music of the Marine Corps hymn was from an 1867 operetta by Jacques Offenbach, first performed in what country?
3: Um, Jacques Offenbach was French, so I assume France.
1: It's interesting she says that because if I see Jacques Offenbach I assumed he was German. He was actually born in Germany. They moved during the Prussian War to Paris, but he did all of his work in Paris, and he is considered French by everyone except for probably himself. Uh, But that is absolutely correct. Nicely done. Uh, And those are the only questions
0: we got. We got through everything else. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. We did good. You guys have fun today. Was this Was this enjoyable? it's something yeah, where we're actually, trying to get through. Like this time, we actually ran into one problem we never had before, which is we went over on time, which is odd for us. But we <laughs> we do, we do. Thank you. We do. Thank you for being here. You guys, were, you guys were really great contestants. You did a lot of fun stuff for there. Uh, we do have the. You have any final words, Bill, before we move to the end of the world, the end of the line?
1: Well, I do wonder. Uh, exactly which one of us is going to be the student who raises their hand and asks if homework has been given. <laughs> and I say that because there is still something to be done in this game.
0: Oh, the, uh, the end part. Yeah, I have I have this introduction for you. Like, <laughs> like I, I, Jimmy Valvano in his speech at the SP Awards said, there's three things we got to do every day, right, to have a full day. First, you should laugh, which we've done. And the second is you should think, which, again, we covered that. And finally, he said, You should cry. With that in mind, here's Connor Quinn. And it could be because it could because it's bad, or it could be because it's that touching. His rendition of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Are you ready, Connor?
2: I will butch strip. I'll do my best.
0: There's, there's no wrong answer here. You can sing a different song for like here.
2: That's all right. I'll give it a shot. All right, just go for it.
0: Yep. Yes. All
2: right. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Everybody. Some peanuts
3: and I don't care if I ever get
0: back. Oh, it's rude. It's rude. It's rude, for it's rude for the. Rude
3: for the. Yankees. Someone besides
0: the Yankees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if Yankees win, it's a shame. <laughs>
2: It's one, two, three strikes are out at the old ball <laughs> game.
0: Yes, everybody have a have <laughs> a great Connor. weekend. Way to go, Connor! Thanks for being <laughs> a sport. Thank you.